Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jeremiah 29. We're going to be going there in just a moment. But, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the house habits that we have here uh, is that we grow intentionally. We grow intentionally. And the reason that we grow intentionally is that because you cannot grow accidentally. Growth only happens on purpose. And so when it comes to your life, when it comes to your compassion, when it comes to your impact, when it comes to your joy, none of those things are going to grow and develop on their own. I love the, uh, I love in, in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 37, uh, that says, uh, trust in the Lord and do good. I love the powerful combination there. It's the combination of faith and faithfulness. It's not just believing, it's also in the doing. It's not just, uh, it's not just uh, being patient, but it's also understanding that there's going to be some perspiration involved in the process. I have to wait on God and be patient for God to do his thing while I'm working and trusting and believing God that he's going to uh, allow me and use me in in my thing as well. And so uh, in this year of expansion, we, uh, we understand that, that there's a part that God plays, there's a part that we play. We have to, we have to be able, or we have to be willing to do the things that we need to do to get the growth that, that we need to have. So we can't just come into the year and say, wow, this is the year of expansion. This is my year. I believe I'm going to expand and not do anything to help ourselves expand. And so in whatever area of your life, if you're trying to grow, if you're trying to develop, if you're trying to expand, know that there's going to have to be something that you do in order to make that happen. And so tonight we're going to be talking about expanding our future, expanding our future. And, and this is what I want you to know tonight is that the, the enemy is really good at expounding on your past, but God wants to expand your future. The enemy is really good about expounding on and talking to you about your past and blowing up your past and really blowing up the mistakes that you made, making them even bigger, making you even feel worse, making that shame and that regret and that guilt and that condemnation, making some of those things grow in your life. Man, the enemy is so good about expounding on your past. But let me tell you this, what God is trying to do is he's trying to get us to look forward because he's expanding our future. And that's why we have to understand that, that we've got to be willing to put our past behind us. As Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 3, put those things that are behind you, behind you, and turn your face and look forward to the future that God has for you because there is a future that God wants to expand. God wants to expand your future in every way. And so in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 11, a familiar scripture This is what the Bible says. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. A powerful uh, word that came here uh, from God through the prophet Jeremiah because the people of God had been scattered. Their their city had been uh, conquered there in Jerusalem, and they had been taken captive to all these different uh, uh, places and all these different cities. And here God speaks, and God says, hey, I know where you are right now. I see you, but I need you to know that I have a plan for you, and I have a hope for you, and I have a future for you. And, and if you pray, I will listen. And not only that, it's not just if you pray and I'll listen. He goes on and says, and if you seek me, you will find me, and I will be found by you, and I will, I will end your captivity, and I will restore your fortunes to you. And not will I just restore that to you, I'm actually going to bring you back from the place that you are to the place that I always intended for you to be. What was he telling them? I'm getting ready to expand your future. 
You, you got to see what I'm getting ready to do because I'm getting ready to do something that you feel like is impossible, that you feel like is too big to happen. I'm getting ready to do something that you might have given up on. I want you to know that I've got a plan, I've got a future, and I've got a hope. There's three things that we must do uh, if we are going to expand our future. And I'm going to talk our way through that, but I'm going to use... David as a little context as we work through these three points tonight because uh, David such a, such a, sets up such a great mental picture for us because here David was this shepherd boy in the pasture and God takes him all the way to being a king in the palace. He was just the youngest of his brothers minding his own business one day when the prophet Samuel came and he, and he showed up at Jesse's house and he said, hey, one of your sons is going to be king. God has spoken to me and all the sons lined up there and he said, nope, it's none of these. Do you, do you have a son? And David was so forgotten that, that Jesse, his father, didn't even send uh, anybody out into the field to bring him into the house. And, and finally he said, uh, uh, Jesse said, well, do you have anybody, do, excuse me, Samuel said, do you have anybody else? And Jay said, well, yeah, there's my youngest son, but, but, he, but he's just out in the field taking care of the sheep. And Samuel says, well, we're not going to sit down until he gets here. <laughs> you know, they, I'm sure they had dinner cooking on the stove. He, started, he said, we're not going anywhere. We're not taking a break. No, we're going to stand and wait. And then David comes in, and there David is anointed king. And then David goes out uh, through this journey over the next uh, dozen years or so, and God takes him through this process, and finally he ends up becoming king, and he kills Goliath on the way, and all kinds of good things happen. But, but here's what we're going to see tonight. We're going to see that when David was in the pasture, God had a palace in his future. When David was taking care of sheep, God had a nation for him to take care of. God had something for his future. But the only way that you get from the pasture to your palace, the only way you get from your pasture into God's promise for you, the only way that you get there is if you expand your future. There is no other way to get from where I am today to where God wants to take me in my life. The only way to get from the here and now into my purpose and destiny is for me to expand my future. There's three things that we have to do if our future is going to be expanded. The first is this. We have to pray bold prayers. If you are going to see your future expanded, you're going to have to pray bold prayers. I'm going to read you... Um, some scriptures tonight, and I want you to write these down. Maybe you can take notes in your phone, or uh, maybe you can grab a pen and a piece of paper and write these down. But I believe these scriptures are going to be very beneficial to you. you got to pray bold prayers. And I went to the Psalms because uh, we're going to hear... Now, this is not a psalm that David prayed in the pasture. This is a, a prayer that he prayed later in life. But, but I think you're going to see the heart. And when I read the psalms, I realize that, that David, he didn't just pray these prayers at the end of his life. This was a repetition for him. This was a habit for him. And these were, these were the, the similar prayers that he was praying while he was in the pasture. And I want to read you this this psalm in Psalm chapter 3, just so you can get a, a, a picture of the boldness of the prayers that David prayed. Psalm 3, verse 3, it says, But you, O Lord, are my shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Come on, that's the spirit that David prayed with. David was, was a, a, a man of prayer, and he was a man of worship. We know that because God says this about David, that he was a man after my own heart. And we have so many of David's prayers captured in the book of Psalms. And David here, he says, God, you're, 
You are a shield around me. You are the one who holds my head high. Even when my, even when my family forgets about me and they leave me in the field, when the prophet comes, I'm, you are the one that holds my head high. You are the one that identifies me. You are the one that calls me. You are the one who empowers me. You are the one who surrounds me with your glory. And you are the one that holds my head high. He was praying bold prayers. He said, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. It wasn't my sword. It wasn't my fighting ability. No, it was the Lord who was watching over me. And if he watched over me in the pasture, he'll watch over me all the way into the palace. I can sleep in peace because David knew how to pray bold prayers. I mean, when you tell God, God arise, when you start telling God what to do, Arise, O oh Lord. Rescue me, my God. I mean, David is praying some bold prayers in this moment. And he says, just go ahead, God. Don't just arise and watch. Go ahead, arise and slap my enemies in the face. <laughs> Don't pray that over your spouse or, you know... <laughs> Yeah, there's an Old Testament, okay, there's a, yeah, something changes, like, you know, you get to Matthew in your Bible, okay, it changes. But, but, but here David was praying these bold prayers. Shatter the teeth of my enemy. Come on, how many of you understand, we understand we do have a real enemy today? There's a real enemy. There's an enemy of your soul. There's one that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. And you need to say, God, I need you to arise, and I need you to rescue me, and I need you to shatter the teeth of the enemy in my life. I need you to shatter the lies of the enemy. I need you to shatter the temptation of the enemy. I need you to shatter this in my life. God, arise in my life right now. David prayed bold prayers. The Bible teaches us about the power of prayer in James chapter 5. Verse 16, reading this out of the Amplified Version because I believe it, it, it really, really draws some things out for me. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. It says, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. He, he says here that you need to pray with a heartfelt and a persistent prayer. A heartfelt, a genuine and authentic. You're not praying off of something that you memorized or, or something that you heard somebody else pray. No, your prayer is just genuine to you. It is heartfelt. It is real. It is raw. It is authentic to you. And it is persistent. That means I'm not just asking one time. No, it is real and it is persistent. And the prayer of a righteous man, and I love the Amplified Version because then it puts in parentheses who a righteous man is. It just says believer. Because you might read righteous man and think, well, maybe I'm not as righteous as I need to be. Or I'm not as righteous as the next person. No, today we are all made righteous, not by our works, but by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He took our sin. He imputed to us his righteousness. So today we stand righteous in the sight of God. And so James said here, if you have claimed Christ and his righteousness in your life, then this is what I can tell you about your prayer when it is put into action, when it's made effective by God, it will be dynamic and it will have tremendous power. Come on. When you pray to God, the God who hears, as, as it said there in Jeremiah, it said in those days when you pray, I will listen. Okay, that, that, that's the God that we serve. When you pray, he listens. And not only does he listen, he takes his power and he takes his authority and he puts his power on your prayer and it becomes dynamic and effective in your life. And when his power hits your prayer, things begin to change. When his power hits your prayer, people get healed. When his power hits your prayer, things that were closed begin to open up. Whenever his power hits your prayer, your future begins to expand like never before. But you see, if you don't pray, he doesn't have anything to put his power on. 
That's why you have to pray. And then he puts his power on it. I love the next verse right there in verse 17. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, with the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. I mean, that just means he was dysfunctional like us. That's all he's saying. He's dysfunctional like we are. And he prayed intensely for it not to rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. He said he was a man just like us. But he understood the power of praying bold prayers. And he prayed boldly, and the heavens shut up with rain for three and a half years. And then he began to pray boldly again, and all of a sudden the rain came back. And he was not afraid to pray bold prayers. And when we begin to, to pray bold prayers, what happens is the future that is in front of us begins to expand because the power of God cannot fit in a small future. The greatness of God cannot fit in a small future. So when you start praying bold prayers about your future, your future has to open up because the greatness of God is going with you and the goodness of God is going with you and the kindness of God is going with you and the love of God is going with you. So when you pray bold prayers into your future, your future begins to expand because it's got to fit the God who is taking you there. I love this uh, quote from John Wesley, it said this, prayer is where the action is. Come on, prayer is where the action is. If, if you don't feel like there's enough things happening in your life, maybe there's not, a, not enough prayer happening in your life. Because when you begin to pray, action starts to take place. I never will forget, I, I was a youth pastor, and this college-age uh, a uh, young man had, had just gotten saved, and man, he uh, just, uh, I mean, a terrible path, drugs, alcohol, all kinds of stuff, but God had just saved him and, and brought him into our, our youth ministry, and uh, man, I never will forget, one Wednesday night, man, I just, I had just preached, and we had, you know, a couple hundred students there, man, I just preached and had just a, a great service, and, and he came up with this, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, poor me kind of attitude, and man, I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't quite as refined back then as I am now, and I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he's like, man, I, I, I can't have a, I, I can't find a job, and I said, well, you've been looking for a job, oh, well, yeah, you know, I kind of made some places, and man, I tell you what, I, 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 I grabbed him in the love of the Lord, I said, man, look me in the eye, because he was looking down at the ground. And I said, tomorrow morning, I want you to wake up at 7 o'clock. I said, I want you to shave, and I want you to take a shower, and I want you to put on the best clothes that you possibly can. At 8 o'clock, I want you to walk out of your house, and by the time the sun goes down, you are going to have a job tomorrow. Do you hear what I am telling you right now? And he's like, oh, yes, sir. And man, I laid my hand on his head, and I prayed, God, open up every door. Give this guy a job. Do you know he was walking out of his house at 8 o'clock in the morning, and the phone rang. And they said, hey, you put in an application. Are you still interested in the job? And he said, yes, I'm interested. And they said, well, you're hired. And then my, my man came to me and said, Pastor, you're not going to believe what's happened. And he said, I, I, I did everything that you said. I woke up early. I shaved. I showered. I got dressed. But I didn't even have to walk out of my house. And God gave me a job. And I said, well, I told you so. <laughs> Praying bold prayers. Praying bold prayers because we've, we've got a big God. We've got a bold, loving God. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. He said, keep on asking, you receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people... 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? How much more? If you being evil, if you being stubborn, if you being sinful, if you being rebellious, if you being earthly parents and you know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your heavenly Father give gifts to you? And we have a Father who is anxiously waiting for you to pray a bold prayer and to make a big ask so that he can do something that is exceedingly abundantly and above in your life that will glorify his name and will solidify you in your future we got to pray bold prayers we got to pray bold prayers I mean if if God has a plan like he told Jeremiah I have I have a plan for you I have a purpose for you then, then we must be willing to pray bold prayers so that we can see that plan come into reality just because God has a plan doesn't mean it will be your reality. Just because God has a purpose for your life doesn't mean that you're going to walk right into it. I love what Destiny read a moment ago from Martin Luther King Jr. because it is so true. that You don't just get into change by hoping things will change. Time will take care of it. No, time is not going to take care of anything. It's exactly what time is just neutral. Time is just neutral, and if you're putting the right things into time, then you're going to get the right results. If you're not putting the right thing into time, you're not going to end up where you want to be. And so we have to ask ourselves, in this plan that God has, in this future that he has for us, am I praying big enough prayers that are going to take me from my pasture into my palace, to take me from where I am now to where he is calling me to be? Or do my prayers match up with the God that I serve? Because we got to be willing to pray big prayers because he's got a plan. I don't know about you, but... I don't see God just having a small plan. I don't, I don't see God doing anything in limited fashion. I don't see that. I, I see God wanting to do more than you ever dreamed, more than you ever asked, more than you ever imagined. So we have to be willing to pray bold and audacious prayers. Here's the second thing that you have to do. Second thing you have to do if you're going to expand your future, and that is you have to think big thoughts. You have to pray bold prayers, and you have to think big thoughts. I, I love in the, the, the story of David because we, we see a glimpse of, of his prayer life, but then we don't just see how David prays. We also get to see how David thinks because right before he was uh, going up to fight Goliath, and, uh, and if you uh, haven't read the story, you can find it in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, but, but, but just for, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell it briefly. But, but, but here, this uh, Philistine giant is coming out, and he's, he's, been, uh, man, he's been mocking uh, the armies of the living God. Forty days, every morning, every night, he's been challenging them. The whole army of Israel is afraid. They're terrified. They're running away from Goliath. David just comes down to bring his brothers a little sack lunch, and he, he hears this, and he's like, what is going on here? And he's like, man, I'll, I'll take that guy out. I'm just going to tell you right now, ain't nobody going to talk about my God like that. I, I'll tell you. And they say, okay, well, then you better go talk to the king. And he goes right in there to Saul. And when he walks in there to Saul, he says, hey, uh, king, I've, I've heard that we got a problem. We got this big giant out there. He's mocking the army. Our whole army is terrified. I'll take care of your problem for you. I mean, okay, that's the Philip D's version. But you, you get where I'm, uh, I'm going with that. And he says, uh, you, you can't, what? You can't, you're just a boy. This is a proven warrior. This is the champion of all champions. You are not going to have what it takes. And David says, I, I protest. Because I was taking care of my father's sheep. And, the sheep. and while I was taking care of the sheep, there was a lion. And I grabbed that lion by its mouth and I beat it to death. And then a bear came out. The bear thought it was bigger and thought it was better. I grabbed that bear by the mouth and I beat it to smithereens as well. And he said, I'm telling you right now. 
He said, that giant is going to be just like that lion, and it's going to be just like that bear. That giant does not have a chance to stand up against me and the God that I represent here on this earth. What are, you, what are you getting a picture of? You're getting a picture of how David thought. Yes. Yes. He, was thinking, he was thinking big thoughts. Yeah. I don't care how many titles he's won. <laughs> I don't care how many championship belts he's got, you know, WWF. You know, I don't care. I don't care what he's got. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Because David was thinking big thoughts, and because he was thinking big thoughts, it put him on a big stage, and he was a hero that day, but he wasn't just a hero because of what happened in the pasture when the prophet came. No, he was a hero because he had been praying bold prayers, and as he was praying bold prayers, it was reprogramming his mind about what was possible. If there is a God that can do these kind of things, then I've got to elevate my thinking so that I can elevate my life. i got start thinking on the level of my God and if nothing is impossible for him that means nothing is going to be impossible for me because he is with me every step of the way and we get a picture of David's thought process he had elevated his thinking and he says oh it's just going to be just like it's always been out there in the field I'm going to end the day victorious this is more of what David said in 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 Psalm 37 Psalm 37, verse 23. See, see this and, and from the perspective of David's thinking. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the, ungodly, uh, I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. See the mindset, the mentality of David. He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. I have committed my way to him. I have surrendered to his leadership. I have surrendered to his lordship. And therefore, he is leading and directing my steps. I'm not here by accident. I'm here because God has a purpose. I'm here because God has a purpose. And And then he says, and he delights in every detail of their lives. You see the mentality of David? God delights in everything. I mean, this is, Destiny, and Destiny's talked about it before, but the one thing, I've, I've just never, I don't, just from the time I got born again, I just, I, I know there's, there's, there's like 7 billion plus people on the planet, and I know God loves the whole world, but I'm convinced every morning that I wake up, God loves me more. <laughs> I'm, I'm just convinced. I'm like, I, I know, I mean, I know he loves everybody. <laughs> Praise God, but I'm just his favorite, you know, I mean, it's just, just the way it is. And, and here's the mentality of David. He says he delights in every detail of their lives. Oh, wow. Come on. Did you know that God cares so much about it? He delights in every detail of your life? Right. If you just took that verse, if that's the only thing you took home, it would change the way that you think. Wow. It would change the way you think about God, and it would change the way you think about your future. When you really believe, man, God delights in everything about me. Everything God delights. And not only does he delight, he goes on and he says, though they stumble, they'll never fall, for the Lord, the Lord holds them by the hand. That's why I, I'm just telling you, I've lived my life with so much confidence because I said, the, the, even if I stumble, I'm not going to fall because God's going to hold me up. Even when I make a mistake, I'm not going to fall. God's going to hold me up. Even when I go the wrong direction, I'm not going to fall because God's going to pull me back. I'm not afraid to live because God has gotten into my thinking. And I know that he is with me. And I know that he is for me. And I know that he loves me. And he delights in every area of my life. And he's directing every step I take. And even if I trip, I'm not going to fall because he is the one that holds me up. Then David says, I was young once and now I'm old. I've lived a long time. And he says, I've, I've, I've never seen. I've, I've never seen the godly abandoned. I, I've, I've, I've never seen it in my life, nor have I seen his children begging for bread. See, David's mentality, his thinking, it's the thinking that you read about in Psalm 37 to let him be a uh, to let him win the war out there on the battlefield with Goliath. It was this 
It's this thinking process. And, and so David's saying, okay, I've been praying these bold prayers out here in, in, in the sheep pasture. I've been praying these bold prayers. I've been worshiping this awesome God and praying these bold prayers. And now he's began to show me and teach me and transform my mind. So now my thoughts are different than they used to be. I'm thinking big thoughts now. Norman Vincent Peale said this, change your thoughts and you change your world. Change your thoughts and you change your world. I want to understand that David changed his world. <laughs> David changed his world. David showed up and was the hero, killed Goliath, cut his head off, great victory, became the king, is still the greatest king in the history of Israel. He changed the world. But how did he change the world? Because in the pasture, he changed his thinking. He started thinking big thoughts. He started thinking big thoughts. And uh, I love this in Romans 8, verse 5, and then we'll, we'll move on. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Wow, this is, a, this is a, a, a powerful thing for us to see because what David was living in was life and peace. If, if we can see it this way, David was living in life and peace. That's why David was not afraid of Goliath. That's why David wasn't intimidated to stand in front of the king and say, I'll take care of your problem for you while everybody else was running and hiding. Why? Because he had so much life in his life because the Spirit of God was with him. And then he was at complete peace. He was at peace even when he was facing his foe. He was at peace when he was facing life. He was at so much peace that he said, I don't need all this, all this other gear and all the sword and the shield. I don't need all of this. Just give me five stones out of the brook and my sling and I will go to war. Why? Because I'm at complete peace with what's about to happen. Why? Because he knew the Spirit was with him. The Spirit was controlling the way that he was thinking. But, but it says that if, if the sinful nature is driving your thinking, then it's going to take you to the place of death. Okay, now death is just a separation from life. Death is a separation from peace. So it's going to lead you to living a life that's full of chaos, a life that's full of confusion, a life that is full of frustration, a life that is full of stress, a life that is full of anxiety, a life that is full of worry, a life that is full of fear, because I'm thinking on a lower level. I am thinking on a sinful level, a human level. I am thinking on, a, if we would say, a normal level. And, and you just know where the normal level is right now because the world is living in confusion and the world is living in chaos and the world is living with no peace because it's the way of thinking. But David said, I've learned how to think big thoughts and I have elevated my thinking. And so that's how I have so much life in me and so much peace in me and so much confidence in me that no matter what I'm facing, when I lay down at night, he's going to wake me up in the morning because he's watching over me. And when I stand before Goliath, I will not be afraid because he is with me every single place that I go and he will bring me to victory. Amen. So we got to think big thoughts. So, so you see here, if you're going to expand your future, it's not just about praying big prayers. It's that the big prayers will begin to allow you to think big thoughts. The last thing that you got to do if you're going to expand your future is you got to live brave lives. We have to live brave lives. I, the story, you know, continues on there and, and with David and, and Goliath. And so now he's had that conversation with Saul. And Saul says, oh, okay. I mean, like, what, what kind of king just sends a, oh, yeah, you made a convincing argument. Go. Our future is in your hands, son. <laughs> go, go fight. And David shows up down there to the battleground. And Goliath says, is this a joke? Is this a joke? Do you send this little boy out here? Am I a dog? Do you send this little boy with sticks? We're not playing fetch. We're playing for keeps here. And then David says, whoa, 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 wait a second. This ain't going to go down how you think it's going to go down. Because in just a moment, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I'm going to cut your head off as my personal trophy. <laughs> 
Hello, somebody. <laughs> and then Goliath starts moving forward. The Bible says Goliath moves forward and says David runs quickly. The giant starts to move, and David says, that was just what I was waiting on. And David takes off running quickly to the battleground, reaches in his little bag, takes out one stone, and he lets it go, sinks it right into the giant's head, and the giant falls face down. And here David, who didn't even have a sword, and he told him, I'm going to cut your head off. He just left out one detail. I'm going to take your own sword from you, and I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword. You see, the only way you get to that place is when you have determined, I will live brave. I will, I will live brave. I will, live, I will not back down and I will not shy away. I will live brave. I will run to the fight. I will run to the trouble. I will run to the fire. I'll run to the flood. I'll run to the adversity. I'll run to the problem. I will run. I will be the one that runs into the fight because I've determined that I will live brave. I will live brave. I will not, I will not live afraid. I will live Brave, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. How can you be as bold as a lion? Because you know who is with you. You can be bold as a lion when you know that the lion of the tribe of Judah is with you. You can be a lion when you know that, that God is the ultimate lion and he is on the inside of you. And that's how whenever I face problems, I don't run away from problems. I don't back away from problems. No, I run quickly to the battleground because I've already determined who I am and who I'm going to be and how I'm going to live. And I'm going to live a brave life. How do you get to living a brave life? Well, it starts with praying bold prayers. When you pray bold prayers in the pasture and you start thinking big thoughts and God starts elevating your thinking and you start thinking about what is possible and you start thinking about what he can do in you and what he can do through you. And you start thinking about when God comes down and his super invades your natural and now you have supernatural power to do things on the earth. And you start thinking these thoughts that came from these prayers that I was praying. I've prayed bold prayers. I've been again to think big thoughts. And now I'm living a brave life. Now I'm running after giants that I never thought I would run after. Now I'm chasing down things that I never thought I would chase down. I'm overcoming things that I never thought I would overcome. I'm conquering things that I never thought I would conquer. I am winning over things that I never thought I would win against in my life. Why? Because all these things work to expand my future. And there's only one thing that my future has room for, and that's bravery. To run into my future. To run into my future like David ran into his fight. We'll close with this one scripture out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Familiar scripture, reading it out of the Amplified. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Whew. He says, I can do all things that he's called me to do. I'll tell you right now, it's probably a little late for me in my NBA dream. I can do all things that he's called me to do. I can do all things that he's called me to do. And how do I do those things? Through him who strengthens and empowers me. To fulfill his purpose. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's going to strengthen and empower me to fulfill his purpose. 
do with that? That means I have to believe that there is a purpose. I, that means I have, I have to be willing to believe Jeremiah 29, 11. I, I have to believe when God says that I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. I have to say, God, I know that you have a purpose for me. I know that you have a future for me. And I know it is good. And I know it is prosperous. And I know it's expansive. I, I know it is a great future because you're a great God. And you would never call me into a small future. And you would never call me into a limited existence because you are a great and mighty God. You are calling me into a great and mighty future. strengthens and empower me to fulfill his purpose. Listen to this. I love the way it says this in Amplified. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in his sufficiency. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I, I, don't, I don't need any strength from anywhere else because the strength is already in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I love I am ready for anything. <laughs> I'm ready for every surprise. I'm ready for every 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 I, I'm I, I'm ready for every season. I'm ready for the good days and the bad days. I, I I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. No matter what comes my way, I'm ready. I am ready for anything. Listen, and equal to anything. Nothing's going to overcome me. I'm equal to every challenge. I, I'm, I'm, no, matter, no matter how tall Goliath is, I'm equal to the challenge. No matter how tall the mountain is in front of me, I'm equal to the challenge. I'm ready for anything, equal to anything, through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. God, the one who infuses he infuses you with inner strength and confident peace why would God infuse you with inner strength and confident peace if he was calling you into a small future you wouldn't need strength and peace if, if the place that you were going was small and limited if your future was average, you wouldn't need Philippians 4.13. If God was calling you to an ordinary existence, you could take Philippians 4.13 and scratch it right out of your Bible. You wouldn't need it. But God didn't create you for ordinary. He didn't create you for average. He created you to live an abundant life. He created you to live an extraordinary life. And because His future for you is bigger than you can possibly imagine, He had the Apostle Paul pen Philippians 4.13 so that you could know that you can do all things. That you can have a can-do attitude in the midst of your challenge and in the midst of your adversity because you can do it because God said you could. That's how you can live a brave life because God gave me permission to live this way. God gave me permission to live brave because I was willing to start praying some bold prayers. Crazy, audacious, big prayers. Big prayers. I, I was reading Psalm. Uh, let me just give you this last little. Psalm 72. Just write that down. You can go read it tonight. Psalm 72. It's a psalm of Solomon. It was in my Bible reading today. And as I already had this message kind of thought out and, and, and kind of put together, I was reading Psalm 72. And it's a prayer of Solomon. And it was amazing because Solomon prays bold, 
audacious prayers. And it hit me. I wonder if he learned to pray like that from his dad. Because I, I, re, I read Psalm 72, and he's saying, God, I pray that you would prosper, to prosper the people in this country. I pray that wealth would come down from the hills. God, I pray that everything we touch would turn to gold. God, I pray that you, I mean, he's just praying these bold, crazy prayers. God, let your name go all over the world. Conquer every enemy. Let every nation bow down before you. I mean, he is praying some bold, audacious prayers. And I thought, I wonder if he learned to pray like that from his dad. You read Solomon's prayer and you'll think like, man, I've never asked for anything in my life. I mean, I thought I was praying some bold prayer. I got challenged today in Psalm 72. I thought, man, if Solomon was asking for all of that, I need to start asking for some more. David was praying those bold prayers that led him to thinking big thoughts. That led him to living a brave life. We'd say that David expanded his future. <laughs> From the forgotten son in the pasture to the greatest king ever to step in the palace, David expanded his future. And I believe he's given us a pattern. And I'll put that pattern before you tonight because I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to begin to pray bold prayers. Begin to pray big, bold prayers for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers, for your business, for your finances, for your marriage, for salvations, for healings. Begin to pray big, bold prayers. And as you start praying those bold prayers, asking God to, I can promise you, as you begin to pray these bold prayers to this awesome God, your thinking is going to begin to change. And you're going to start thinking on a higher level. And when your thinking gets elevated, your life gets elevated. And when your life gets elevated, you start living at a, at a level that you never thought you could live at. And all of a sudden, you're running after things you never thought you would run after before. You're overcoming things you never thought you would overcome before because you're living brave. You're living brave. But it started in the, started in the prayers, transitioned into thinking, and then we see it in David's life. It's always the process that God takes us through. Bold prayers, big thoughts, and brave lives. Well, will you stand with me tonight? Bow your heads just for a moment. Father, I, I thank you. I thank you that you do have a future. You do have a plan. You do have a purpose. God, I thank you that those plans are good. They're plans to prosper us. God, you didn't create us to walk into a small, limited future. You created us to walk into the abundance that you have for us. And God, I, I pray that we would follow the model of David, that, that we would begin to pray bold prayers individually and corporately. That we would begin to pray bold prayers and then as we pray those bold prayers, that we would begin to think big thoughts. That our thinking would change about you. That our thinking would change about ourselves, about what you can do in us and through us. That our thinking would, be, would begin to change about what is possible. That our thinking would begin to change about what's possible even here in this church and what's possible in our family and what's possible in our business. God, that our thinking would begin to change. God, that you would begin to expand our, our thinking. God, that we would begin to think things that we've never thought before in our life. And God, by that, that we would begin to live more brave than we have ever lived before and by, by praying these prayers and thinking these thoughts and living brave that our future would begin to expand before
before us. God, that you would take us from where we are today to where you created us for in our future. Take us from the pasture into the promised place that you have for each and every one of us. How many of you tonight will say, Philip, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to start praying some bold prayers. I'm ready to start thinking some big thoughts. And I'm ready to live a brave life because I want my future to expand to the full capacity of His plan. I want my future to expand to the full capacity of His plan. I want my future to expand to the full capacity of His plan. And I know that I've got to be willing to pray those prayers, think those thoughts, and live that kind of life. And you say, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to do that so that I can move into the future that He has. Come on, if that's you tonight, come on, just lift your hand up. Just, it's just between you and the Lord. Just, God, God, I hear you're challenging me, God. You're just lifting your hands, saying, God, I accept the challenge. You're saying, God, you're speaking to me. God, I receive that. you just lifting up your hand tonight. It's just an acknowledgement to say, God, I'm ready to pray bolder prayers than I've ever prayed, to think bigger thoughts than I've ever thought before, and to live braver lives than I've ever lived before. God, that is my prayer, my hope, and my desire tonight. Father, you see us as we lift up our hand to you tonight. God, we make a commitment to follow the pattern of David. We will pray bold prayers. We will think big thoughts. And we will live brave lives so that we can occupy the fullness of the future that you had planned for each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe it, put your hands together tonight. Give God some praise. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much uh, for being with us tonight on our first Wednesday, Expansion Wednesday. Hey, we got some free food right out there in the foyer. But don't forget, if you have not been baptized in water and you want to be baptized on Sunday, sign up right back there at the connection table and uh, we will be giving you that holy dunk on Sunday morning. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a great Wednesday. Here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.